You're listening to You Would Think, the Philadelphia Flyers podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Collins, and joining me today, one, once again, it's the one and only Mr. Kevin Durso. How are you, buddy? Doing well. How are you? <sighs> yeah, I'm doing okay. We're kind of in the, the dog days of summer, as it were, and there's yeah. really not a whole lot going on. Uh, so before we get into today's show, make sure to follow us on Twitter at YWT Podcast. Subscribe on YouTube. We're trying to grow there. Follow Kevin on uh, Twitter, too, at Kevin underscore Durso. Um, so yeah, there's not there's not a whole lot going on. So we get things like athletic articles about uh, <laughs> fan like fan confidence and management. Uh, the big <laughs> shout out to Dom Lecision over at the at the Athletic. Uh, it's a really fun article to read. Uh, I knew the Flyers weren't going to finish particularly high. Uh, and as I'm scrolling the list, I'm scrolling the list. I read the first four or five entries, and then I went, "All right, where are the Flyers?" And I went to scroll, and I scrolled, and I scrolled, and I accidentally scrolled all the way to the bottom where the flyer sat. So things are bad. And I know you wrote a follow up art. I know you wrote a follow up article about this on uh, 97.3 The Fan uh, or 97.3.com. Uh, What's yeah. the website? Is it 97.3.com? 97.3ESPN.com. 97.3ESPN.com. The fans. The fan is the New York. Oh right. Right, 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 right. Okay. Uh, listen, it's been a while, but um, yeah, it's so okay. You wrote. I've a also written. Article I've also that. written like two articles in a month and a half, so right. I get you. Well, we'll throw a link to it in the show notes anyway. You can check it out there. But uh, Dom mentioned in the original article that it this was bad, and so. The best way to look at it, too, is because I didn't see it right away. Uh, like, I'm not sitting here during the course of whatever day this was. I mean, I see Dom's tweet is August 18th, like the okay. morning of August 18th. So let me just go and find. Yeah, OK, so that that was a Thursday. So on a Thursday morning, I'm not exactly sitting here browsing through Twitter trying to find something specific. You know, right. I right. wasn't really looking for anything. So the, obviously the way that I saw it, uh, like saw it was. It, it started to spread. It was it, it was going, you know, getting retweeted. Yeah, I, all that I stuff. know. I, I know. I sent it to the group chat at some point. I think it was after. By that point, I had seen it because I think I had shared it. There's not been a whole lot going on in the group chat, so I can probably actually find the text. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, like, you, oh, yeah, you sent it right here. Yeah, yeah Thursday, you, by 11, the time, 19 a.m. Yeah. Okay, for yeah, your time. So, but for me, by this oh, point, yeah, it was fair. noon. So, so it had been up about two and a half hours. I, I retweeted Dom's tweet at eleven fifteen in the morning. Oh, okay. my! So ten, so ten, about an hour before you ah. sent it there. But it like the point being, so it 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 came into its like it came into the feed one way or another, and all his tweets says this is how Dom's tweet read to set up the whole story. NHL front office confidence rankings. Avalanche Lightning model franchise. Flyers, not so much. So he already teed it up for Flyers fans. Now, yeah. by the way, you happened to capture it with, like, when you sent it to the group text, you sent the picture of the actual chart for the, the Flyers actual section. Yeah. Right. Now, the scorecard that displays in Dom's tweet is for Colorado, which okay. whether that is – no, I don't – I don't really, I don't remember. Was Colorado Colorado was number one? Right? Colorado was number one. And as the defending okay. Stanley Cup champions, you can't really argue it, right? So I, that's why I was getting at. Like, I don't know if he picked like he put that first to say, oh, they're they're first, so that's why their card is going to show up, or because even if they weren't first, 
in fan because it's fan voted. Not all fans are going to sit there and go, hey, you know what? I think Joe Sackick's really good at this, but not this. You know what I mean? Like there's fans out there that exist that still sit there and say, you know, what? we just won the Stanley Cup. And yet I still don't think he's very good at. Well, they haven't won three in a row. So <laughs> like, well, I, like I don't like there, there are people out there that could sit there and say, I don't think Joe Sackick's very good at free agency. He drafts very well and they develop players really well, but I don't think they sign. You know what I mean? Like there's somebody oh. out there who could. And there's a, you know, uh, so I, reading the article, the complaint that they did lodge, and Colorado Avalanche fans, for their credit, were pretty, they're pretty self-aware that they have it pretty good. The one complaint that they did lodge is that there's a little bit of a hard time, uh, they don't always hit on the depth picks. And like, if that's what you're complaining about, you probably just won the Stanley Cup. So I... Yeah, like, and I see what you're talking about, because again, Colorado's charts right here on the tweet, Yep. So everything is an A or better from the fan base in terms of roster buildings an A, cap management's an A minus, trading's an A plus, free agency an A, vision's an A, the overall score's an A. Draft and development got a B and was 13th among fan bases. So even though you, like and and look, does that have something to do with the fact that after a two, certain their two best players are both top five picks, I think has a lot to do with it. Well I and there, it gives you that You're perception in the right that you don't you don't develop people outside the first round is kind of where well, they're you're you're in the right direction. My thought was kind of look, you can go back and look at Landeskog and um and McKinnon and even, you know, I guess to a lesser extent, Rantanen and McCarr, because and I'm going I'm going off of the Landeskog and McKinnon picks more because McKinnon went was drafted in twenty thirteen. Right. Like if you're taking this poll in 2022, people aren't looking at that as a draft and development case anymore. Right. That's more of a vision of building around the guy. So that's the vision part. That's not, fair. not the, Hey, by the way. Yeah. Of course. We, yeah. Of course we drafted that guy. I even think there's people who think that way with McCarr at this point. Like, yeah, of course you drafted McCarr and that's a great pick, but you know, you got to hit on a couple of others from those years beyond. Oh, one. Are, are you saying that like some picks could have been made differently in the top five of that 2017 draft? Wow. That's crazy. Well, well it, it's, and it's beside that point. Like it's, it's just no, in general. Like, like that's even, even that is five years ago. So it's like but, sitting here saying, you know what? Okay. A guy five years ago, maybe like that could be a very recency biased type of answer where it's like, sure. Hey, we, well, and guess what? They traded away a lot of their draft picks, the higher ones, obviously. So it's like, right. they don't have higher picks to hit on. So maybe they're sitting there going, Hey, you know what? It's been five years since we landed on uh, like, cause I don't think even, you know, we can sit here and talk about this all we want to. I don't think people even think that Alex Newhook is as crazy. Oh, good Alex, as Newhook, those Alex Newhook is very good. He is very good, but I yeah. think he's not in the stratosphere of your McKinnons, your McCarr. You know what I mean? Sure. So that even then, it doesn't move the needle as much to say, the, "Oh yeah, the, he's another McCarr pick." Like I think they they're looking for more than that. Alex Newhook would be a young, exciting, incredibly fun to see if he was on the Philadelphia Flyers. But the Colorado <laughs> Colorado Avalanche are so deep and so good that they're like, "Yeah, he's fine." <laughs> Like, it's, it's crazy to me. By the way, you mentioned all these A's for the Colorado Avalanche and the one B that Joe Sackick probably sits there going. Flyers, D minuses across the board. The Philadelphia right. Flyers. Well, in, in this fan survey, the Flyers are 31st or 32nd in every single yeah. of the metrics. Yep. All can I bring, of them. 
I want to bring building, something up. tap management, trading, free agent, everything. Right. Now, I want to bring up something about the – this is from the Colorado scorecard and more, okay? Because it's one thing to look – like, we could look at the Flyers thing, like, and this is the thing. There's two columns on each scorecard. One is how your own fan base voted for it, and one is how the public views you. In Colorado's case, fan base puts Colorado's drafting and development at a at a B, and it ranks 13th in the league, which is very average. You know, it's very smack in the middle sure. of the league. The public, who obviously still considers McCarr and McKinnon and all that stuff, like, yeah, you drafted, you developed, you got all these guys in Gave there. Gave it a 4.3 out of 5, and it's second in the league. Ranked second in the league in, yep. with an A. Like, yep. The public's perception of the way that Colorado is is that everybody out there who isn't part of the Colorado fan base is saying, man, I wish my team was running like that, you know? I know know we mentioned it uh, when they won the Stanley Cup, but Steve Dangle getting retweeted by Cold Takes Exposed for the Joe Sackick (laughs) tweet is still just the funniest thing to happen this offseason. It's it's funny, but to his credit, at least, he knew it was coming and owned it. Like, yeah, I said it. You You have to stare into the skit at that point. Right. I said (sighs) it, but, you know, hey, you won a Stanley Cup. Yep. The thing about the Flyers scorecard is, yes, okay, you're right. D minuses across the board. And here's the thing. 32nd in every category except for draft and development among the fan base, which is 31st. So it's not much higher, obviously. But right. naturally, after the type of offseason that they've had, the fan base is sitting here going, oh, yeah, th- this is as poor as it gets. They're they're voting them last This is for rock everything. bottom. Right. Right. But I, the public, I filled out this survey, and I know I didn't give out a whole lot of stars. But the public's perception to also go D minus across the board, to also put them 31st or 32nd in every category, tells you that this is not a coincidence that the fan, like, this is not an overreaction by the fan base. Not even close. By the way, the teams that occupy the 32nd slot in those categories, the Flyers are 30, 31 in. Are the Chicago uh, Blackhawks Chicago who are 32 is one. in roster building and trading, and then the Vegas Golden Knights are 32 in cap management and draft and develop, who are both <laughs> memes for those things, and they're the only team you're better than, Philly. The only team. Right. Um, it's bad. It's it, oh, this yeah. is pretty close. This is pretty close to rock bottom because Dom even mentioned in the article. This wasn't a small sample size, you know, oh, well, right. just, you know, this is a couple angry fans, blah, blah, blah. The Flyers received the fourth most responses in the entire survey. Right. Which, which I'm, for what it's worth, that's not, that's very significant, you know, that's, uh, right. that's very significant to sit there and say, hey, listen, this is that many people come through on this thing. Like, like in other more, words, you know, what that really a thousand respondents, you know what that really says, to be honest. That says that the popularity of the franchise hasn't dwindled any to an extent. Like right. that doesn't mean that like and there's a difference we, we between We still love the team, we're just mad. Right. There's a difference between confidence in who's running it and likability of the current team and the popularity of the franchise in terms of people who are out there that are sitting here going, I want to support this team. I like this team. This is who I root for. But Hey, this team sucks, you know, or this, the way they handled it, this sucks. And this is a big, you know, and when I shared it and all that type of stuff, uh, I, I, you know, I, I even said my tweet 
when I just retweeted the thing said flyers ranking exactly where you would expect. And this is based on the fans input, you know, and um, now I shared and this was Dom's line. I believe. Or, yeah, this was Dom's line at the bottom of this. It was the very last line in the article, which I thought was the best line in the whole thing. The flyers are what happens when a person super glues their hand to a wall because they think it'll help them climb. Now they're just stuck. Yep. <laughs> That's and a brilliance. It, it really is. It's incredible writing out of Dom, to be honest. <laughs> um, I do want I listen, I can't spell his last name, but I do want to give him all the credit in the world for some <laughs> incredible writing. Yeah, but you don't um, have to say it, which is more yeah, than some li- people probably can li- say too. Decision. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad, and like we know this, we know right. this, and I will I will say, you mentioned that the, the the people are still here and they're still angry. This is people who are responding to a survey on the athletic. So this is we are talking about the hardcore fan base, kind of the one percent, generally speaking, right. I still do think that we will see uh, apathy from a large percentage of the more casual fan oh, base. Oh, I, 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 I think do, I do still a, significantly ex- expect to see ticket sales down. <laughs> for well, the okay, let's just let's just um, let's just go and I I grabbed for the article that I repurposed anyway because look, it's no secret the athletics is subscription service. There's people right. who have it, people who don't. I'm kind of trying to explain the point. It was, and it was the, to be honest, it was the first thing that I had come across that was worth writing about in a month. Well, you didn't want to, you didn't want to mention Linus Hogberg and Wade Allison. This is bef- this was before that. Oh, but okay, it is worth fairness, mentioning but, that they did both sign their RFA deals. Yeah, not a whole lot to go into on them. To be quite honest, <laughs> well, yeah, there's not a lot because of the fact that, um, I mean, Wade Allison's a, a bigger piece. If he's healthy, then right. he's going to compete for a, a spot on the roster. And you know, beyond that, you know, if he stays healthy, there's a lot of potential there. We've seen that before. Sure, it's just the, that's always going. Right now, that's always going to be the thing. Until he's out on the ice for 20 games in a row, then you then you can. You, you can't, can't say anything you more than you have. Right. You, well, you can't. You can't go there. You just can't. How do you evaluate a guy who doesn't stay on the ice for more than twenty games in a row? You don't. Right. Right. Fair enough. Like, and then Linus, Linus Hogberg yeah, is kind of just a guy. Here's the thing. He is kind of right now. He is. But I would say this: the fact that they had to call him up for five games, I think it was last season, like when they had nothing else, tells you that they at least have some confidence in his development. I, I'm not sitting here saying I'm holding my breath that he's going to play for the Flyers this year, but it's, you know, it, it does mean that he's not just another prospect. Like, that's right. the reason 90% of the time when you have RFA signings like that this late in the offseason, it has nothing to do with the fact that, like, it, they fly under the radar because they're usually complete, they're, they're primary minor leaguers. Not to say right. that. Ogberg isn't a primary minor leaguer this year. He is, but his name ends up on the radar a little more because he did play NHL games last year, as opposed to somebody who doesn't, you know, like I feel like Isaac Ratcliffe resigning flew under the radar more than that. Right. You know, and look, it happened a long time ago. So let's just, you know, who knows? But anyway, um, so some of the lines that I wrote that were responses from the fans, um, and these are actual quotes that they, the that the athletic pulled to be part oh, of this article. I submitted one. It didn't get picked, but I submitted one. No, but these are these are the ones that out of. I mean, there was probably like six of them there, if we're being honest. But 
Um, I pulled three. Yeah, they they definitely um, had Dom definitely had some good ones to choose from. The Flyers you- are an embarrassment. To have their resources combined with such high level incompetence and gross mismanagement is difficult for fans to watch. Uh, here's the second the second one. I never thought it could get so bad so quickly. This team had a bright future just two years ago. That's all gone. I refuse to spend money on any Flyers related purchases. This and then finally, one, yeah, the team was one shot away from the Eastern Conference Finals in 2020. Yeah, really Cra- um, crazy. One win. Yeah, one win. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, one well, one shot implies it was in like an overtime that's, game. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you're right. You're um, right. You're right. That's fair. Uh, and then the last one. This is the last one I pulled. I've never seen a front office be so delusional about the current state of the roster. There's no clear direction, and I don't see a way out anytime soon. So, yeah, this. What you're saying is exactly what I'm anticipating now. Not in terms of, like, you can have expectations for what we're going to see from the attendance and gate numbers and all that type of stuff. And I'm sure, you know, I have my expectations as well, and it's relatively similar. I mean, they weren't selling out last year, not even close. This year, I'd love to see what happens when people, you know, let's put it this way. And this should tell you all you need to know about the state of the franchise, at least not from my perspective, but I'm sure we all have people in our lives that are like this. I got a friend who's a Bruins fan. Okay. Who has already told me. Now, the Flyers, only, I think, only play the Bruins at home one time. Okay. Uh, like, I, I believe. Um, uh, yeah, well, I mean, because the preseason home game, that's that's one. Road game in, in Boston on November 17th. Road game in Boston on January 23rd. Or January 16th, sorry. Uh, of, of 23 and then April 9th, 2023, which is in Philly. He's already told me, and I'm quoting him as close to verbatim as I can. I can't wait for the $10 tickets to that late April, like that late season game in April. I, and you know what? He might get in the lower bowl for 20, <laughs> but that's the point. And he even said, I'll shell out the 30 bucks if it's a really good seat because, and now, now shifting gears, cause I'm taking this from a Bruins fans perspective. Might be Bergeron's last year. When we've, and we're saying that every year right now. I get it. But this was as close. Like, it was really a decision-making process this offseason. Yeah. He almost it, it didn't feels come back. Like, it feels like they're here for a one last run. Like, we got David Krejci back, and I think he signed for right. two. But I we got Patrice Bergeron back. Pasternak's on the last year of his deal. Right. Everything it's... hinges on everything. Like there's three players that the entire, not the entire future of it hinges on, but it's like, listen, they're not, they're going to fall even harder. If the off season is Bergeron retires, Krejci goes back to Czech Republic and Pasternak ends up on another team. Uh, right. Or even if they resign them, they just blow all the cap, you know, throw the big contract at him. Cause quite frankly, he deserves it and kind of restructure your whole team. Um, well, yeah, but I, like I, I, oh sure. I, I would look, I think so, but they're in and they're in an interesting spot because of the fact that like you have it. I mean, uh, look, I think they made a great decision with the coaching hire. I really do. Yeah. I think that bringing Jim Montgomery in is a good call. I think it's good for the play. I think it's well, cause I think it's good for the players who I would call in betweeners right now, not in terms of ability in betweeners in terms of they're not the veteran core, but they're not exactly rookies. Like, right. I sit there. Like, I think that Jim Montgomery is like great for Charlie core. It's great for Charlie McAvoy, but it's but it's great for a Jake DeBrusque too, who now kind right. of like is back on board and goes, okay, yeah, I'm in. I, I think he's great for that type of guy. But it's it's is Bergeron playing more than one year? Which I you know I don't know, and, and I believe I believe he's 37. 
bitch. Hey. Like, come on. Is, is it Kismet? It's a good, it's a good year to go. 37's last year is, is age 37. Like, it just lines up. And then, and then you've got the whole, you know, Krejci might as well just, like, Krejci might go right back to Czech Republic again in another year. Yeah. They, obviously, they're trying. They're kind of trying to run run it back with the the old remember, guard here. Remember when the Blackhawks traded for Andrew Saad and they brought uh, they brought somebody else back too, and they like got a couple of the pieces from that 2010 run and kind of brought them back for that 2015 run. It kind of feels like that. Was that like um, was that like Brian Bickle too? Was part of that or something? Yeah, it was Bickle and Sod, and I feel like there was somebody else, but I can't remember it right it, now. It wasn't Troy Brower, was it? It might have been. Um, but that's like, the name that came into my head. I think the ten thirteen group, and it's like, yeah. Would you Would you really be surprised if we hear rumors about Tuka Rask in January or February again? Like, I know he said he's done. I know he's been gone. I know, like, I know, I know. But if Jeremy Swayman doesn't look good through November, do you call Tuca and tell him to start working out? They might try. I'll say that. I, and, and I don't I, think I, they, I, I don't think he would for anybody but the Boston Bruins. Well, that's fair. Um, here's the thing. You, I'm trying to answer it from the way you phrased the question to start with as opposed to, you know, because you, you know you wouldn't surprised. be surprised. Would you be surprised if Zdeno Chara came out of retirement in February and played for this team down the stretch? Like, okay, so he, two different questions with two different answers. Then, fair. yes, yes, I would be on. Yes, I would be surprised if Tuka Rask came out of retirement because okay, I because only because I think that's been there, done that thing. I think he tried. I think it wasn't that good. I think that's fair. Dude, look, the dude seemed like he had a great time at his wedding this off season. Because of the fact that it's like, yeah, you know what? I had a great run. I'm riding off into the sunset. And he was an elite goalie for a decade. Absolutely. You know? And if he is happy, oh. I certainly wish him the best. In it. Absolutely. Right. Chara, on the other hand, that's interesting. I don't know if I would be surprised because have we actually – has he said that he's retired? Hey, Zidano, he's not on like a team. Hey, Zidano, would you like to play uh, four minutes a night for the last 15 games of the regular season and then murder everyone in the playoffs? Because that's what he does, and that's what he would do, and it would be effective, and they would beat Toronto in the first round. I don't I, I don't know. I, well, okay. <laughs> uh, all right, that was fun. Um, right. I, I don't know how effective it would be. I mean... Uh, the dude's kind of fallen off big time in the last couple of years. Like you notice, so I said four, four minutes a night. <laughs> yes, you did. That's true. But you know what? I'm sure, I, I'm sure that you, I, if I recall correctly, Charlie McAvoy said he loved playing, like playing on the same team as him. Not necessarily on the ice with him, but on the same. He loved being in the locker room with Big Z. Yeah. And I, I okay. Another thing I'm going to say here, and they may may or may not be related statements. I think there's a real chance Charlie McAvoy is your next captain whenever Patrice Bergeron goes. I'm trying to think because I'm trying to piece through. Well, I think they're not it depends gonna give it to because he's gone. They won't give it to him for like a year or whatever. I don't think. I think it depends on who's left after this year. Like, and you're right. You're right about the Krejci thing. Like I think Bergeron retires and Krejci goes back to Czech Republic and the whole thing that they brought back together this year. Right. It was tried for one year and it's over. 
I think that you, you, I'm sure that you have a bit of a point with McAvoy. Uh, like, I'm not saying that that's outrageous. They love him. They, they do love him. No, they do. Him. I agree. And they if, should. If you sign Pasternak to a long-term deal, then I think it's an obvious choice. <sighs> but. And, and, and then guess what? I, tell, I hate to tell you who the other obvious choice is, but he is the obvious choice because he's going to be the one that's left standing at the end of this whole thing. It's Marshan. Okay. <laughs> no, it is. They, he's already an alternate. I think, I think they would give it to Marshan before they give it to Pasternak. Uh, I agree with that. When I say the phrase Boston Bruins captain, do you picture yeah. Charlie McAvoy or do you picture David Pasternak? Probably McAvoy more, only because... Is Pasternak a better player? To... Yes. David Pasternak well, is a yeah. better that's hockey player fine. than Charlie McAvoy. Don't get me wrong. I am not saying just... anything other than that. Right. And it doesn't have to be your best player, which is true. So, you know, like, yeah. To me, Charlie McAvoy screams... Get the C, sign an eight-year extension, retire Bruin. That's what they do. He's going to sign it. Whenever his deal is up, he's going to sign an eight-year extension at $3.5 million and just be a Bruin for life. Is it fi- here's, here's something to consider also, though. Is it fair to look at and, – and this is, this is a state of the franchise thing, to be honest. That if when, you know, Bergeron's captain now, when he retires, obviously that's, that's – then he's done with the right. captaincy. Krejci probably leaves and goes back and plays in Czech Republic if Bergeron if com- goes. If he comes back, and then I don't after think the- they're putting it on him for one year. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know about that either. But can you like? Do you realize there's not like there's not much more than the three names we just gave out? Though I know you're very quickly That's- past the twenty. And what happens? And what happens? And what happens if Pasternak's not? And what happens if Pasternak's not there? Then you're down to two. He's only got one year left. Well, this year, I, yeah, I get right, it. Right, that's and what I'm saying. Like, there's a very was, yeah, real possibility year, he just goes yeah, to free agency. Right, but this year it's not a question. I agree. Like, it, it's a question next year if Bergeron doesn't come back after next season. And yep, what, what ha- you know, what happens? You know, so either way. Boston right, Bruins could look dramatically different in 18 months. Um, yeah. Well, we, we, yeah, well, how you know what's funny? How many times have we said that, though? We, like, it feels like we keep talking about that. And they keep, <laughs> and they they just keep, keep finding the boys no, back together. they keep... Well, yeah, because Don Sweeney keeps finding a way to run it back, you know, in whatever way possible. Now, this this year it's a little bit of an unconventional run back because half of his defensive core is out with injury. We know what that's like. You know, <laughs> yeah, but th- th- their half has timetables. That's fair. <laughs> like, but I, I do go back to this fan poll and, you know, th- that's this is the first step, like – as the fan base, this is the first way you you've made your voices heard. Like, look, I, I already said earlier in the offseason when free agency hit, when they didn't sign Johnny Gaudreau, when they didn't, when when it looked like they were positioning themselves to do that. By the way, that's why that, that's why half of it comes down to it. I've said before that, that that the whole thing wasn't about Gaudreau. It had nothing to do with the fact that Gaudreau ended up on another team. It had right. to do with the fact that it seemed like you were positioning yourself for something like that that was bigger, and then you didn't do anything. And you and you ran it back, and you know all that type of stuff. And, and yeah. that day, I I even said that's about as unified as I think I've seen Flyers Twitter. Yeah, like it's not a typically unified group. I've watched people go back. I've watched already. We got people going back and forth over Nick Delorier. Come on, like it's August. Find something better to do. 
than argue all day about whether or not, you know, Nick Delorier is a, is an NHL or isn't an NHL or makes the team better. No, he doesn't. Whatever. Like, it, you know, is an indictment on what Chuck Fletcher's done. No, he's serviceable in a fourth line role anyway, so it doesn't matter. You know, enough of the arguments. You know, just watch the damn games eventually. Right. But this is, but that day is the first part. And then this survey is the second part of the fans making their voices heard. And yep. that's, you know, does it, does it amount to anything? Not really, because all your, well, no, it doesn't hear, hold on. It doesn't amount to anything right now because. All this is is kind of like being keyboard warriors, you know. Right. You can put your you can put your tweets out, you can fill out this survey on a, on a website. It doesn't matter as long as they get the bottom line. Now yep. the bottom line's coming though. We're less than a month away from preseason games, which to be fair are always a little bit of sporadic attendance. There's sure. not, you know, we it, don't expect those pre-season. to sell out. But here's something interesting, and I had this thought the other day because this ties into the whole, and this is kind of a big, bigger, broader spectrum of Philadelphia sports, if you will, to try to go into this. Because I saw an article, and I was, and full disclosure, like last weekend, and I, I don't remember what, like, not what brought this about, but like we're talking, we were from an, an article, and I said, what, what was the date on it? Was tweeted out on the August 18th. 18th. That, was, that was last Thursday, right? So okay, last Thursday, um. That comes out and it's obvious where they stand and all that type of stuff. And the, uh, you know, at that point in time, I, I don't remember exactly when this came out, but Crossing Broad had an article that has nothing to do with the Flyers. Right. Ha- had an article about how this was the be- this this like it was an opinion article. Kevin Kincaid's the writer who writes a lot of their day to day stuff. Um. Right that said something along the lines of opinion, this is the best summer in Philadelphia sports in a decade. Now he's not referring to the, like the bigger, broader spectrum of all of the sports. He's talking about the two teams that actually play during the summer months. That would be the Phillies and the union and the union are like best, like the union are elite level in the MLS. And 90% of the problem there is that most people don't follow soccer on that level. Right. And in terms of baseball, the look, there's been a long-standing argument going on for about a, the better part of a month at this point, as the Phillies have been good enough to be a playoff team. About why is attendance the way it is? What's the factors that go into why attendance is the way it is? All that type of stuff. I'm reading this. Okay, I'm reading some of this article, and I'm sitting here, and I started to have this thought because I'm sitting here thinking, it's not just those two teams though, because summer's winding down. And over the course of the summer, you get all these off-season events for the other sports. And right. sure seems like a lot of people are excited around here for football season, which kicks off in two weeks. Wait, 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 wait. Are you trying to tell me that Philadelphians are excited for Eagles football? They are, but I think that there's legitimacy to it. Like, you look at what they did and you go, okay, hey, they drafted really well. They made a big trade. They've they've improved in a lot of areas. There's, there's re- real anticipation that this – the expectations are not just, hey, we're excited for another season. Let's see what happens. It's no, 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 no. This team probably wins 10 games this year at least and w- possibly wins a division. The expectations. W- with basketball, the Sixers have you know have an elite player in the league and have other good complement players that should make them – look, playoffs aren't a question with that team, right? 
like right. not a question. And then they go and they add pieces and it's like, okay, look at what they did. They, now they, they're trying to keep up with the Joneses and yeah, a lot of the teams in their conference are good, but they're trying to keep up and the flyers come into the picture and you sit there and you go, now this is like, you've got two teams in the summer that are playing really well. I, I think I just saw a pop up on Twitter as I'm sitting here doing this. The Phillies are 22 and eight in their last 30 games. Like they're That's on good. a roll. The union won six, nothing last night. Oof. And they've done, and they've done it like three times this season. Apparently, like like I I don't watch soccer like that, but I know that every time I see it pop up on Twitter that the Union won a game six or seven and nothing. Like you know, that's impressive. This is, I'm going. This is soccer we're talking about, right? The, the sport where I, I see nothing, nothing draws on a regular basis, right? right? This isn't a baseball six, game, right? Six nothing. I mean, for, funny that you say it that way because last night the Phillies won four nothing or six nothing too. You know, is, so it's funny. funny, like, like six, nothing baseball game. Yeah, I kind of get it. Six, nothing soccer game. I'm going, whoa. OK, <laughs> so you see that level football season always brings it out. There's going to be anticipation for basketball season because teams, sh- you know, every year it's about will the team get farther than they did before. Right now, right now, the Sixers are the Colorado Avalanche. Right. The well, right. And I, you know I what I mean? Know a but it's anticipation. Of, I, I don't know a whole lot about the NBA. If you've listened to this show since day one, you remember seven or six no. And seconds. this is, and guess what? This is this is this is the ESPN station coming out in me right. because this is ninety no, ninety like and and for good reason, by the way. Ninety percent of the conversation is those three sports because of the fact that you know unless what, they're sore? not the ones they're not talking about the union either though. For what it's worth, like that I catch from like, hey, I saw the tweet that said the score of the game, or I right. read an article like this. But they're the only team like. I actually sit there and I go, you know, that opinion is not horrible. Best best sports decade, like sports summer in a decade in Philly sports. Yeah, quite possibly because the Phillies are good. The Union are really good. Apparently, oh, apparently the, the key there is just people who say I'm not watching soccer because it's soccer, you know, yeah, right. unfortunately. And, and you're always going to have that crowd. But yeah. it's and then there's heavy anticipation for football, not just because it's football, but because like it. There's anticipation for football because they should be good, not just it's like right. there's there's there comes a point in time more where than the just the normal over, Eagles excitement. Well, because there comes a point in time where the sports overlap where you sit there and you go, you know what? I think I'm going to be invested in both. You know what I mean, like like how many years for the Phillies has it been? Oh yeah, by the way, we get to the end of August and all right, football's getting started. You know, right, they're the not real, making the, the playoffs. real sports are starting football's now. Football's getting started. Let's go. Let's go see if they make the like the Eagles make the playoffs. Right. Oh, September Phillies games when they're bad are fantastic because you can you're getting in cheap. Yeah, I oh I hear, it. but it's so that's that's part of what I'm saying is to me that's not a horrible uh, like it's not a horrible opinion because I don't think it just expands to the teams that are actively playing. I think it speaks to the anticipation of what's to come in the fall with football and basketball and hockey's the we're coming here. Right. It, it just it, like, it is like every other team in the city has done something to get themselves more on the radar, whether it's good, whether it's the, the real end all be all of getting yourself on the radar, which is playing well or doing something that positions you to be a team where everybody thinks you're going to be good. You know, that those are the only two things you can do is either actually go out there and play well and therefore put yourself on the radar or don't do that and set yourself up for it. Like, or not don't do that, but set yourself up for it. Like, hey, right. the anticipation's there because we're supposed to be good. This is, you know. 
at least give us trust the process. How am I supposed to trust nothing? Because well, you did nothing. But but that's exactly it, you know. Yeah. And at this point in time, the bigger anticipation is: Are they going to get to a certain point where by the end of the calendar year, there's a front office overhaul? Like that's really what the anticipation is. And that's the thing: you can't hold your breath on that because that's not your call. You can right. you can anticipate like you want to go into a season with anticipation of like at this point in time, do you what are people anticipating? And this is a good transition to some around the league stuff. What are uh, people anticipating? A number one overall draft pick. <laughs> exactly. But that's not even a guarantee. And you gotta play out the whole year. Like you're anticipating that they'll be that bad to get that pick, and then you still yep. have to get lucky. Right. Exactly. You, know, you only the- you only end up with like a thirteen percent chance at the top pick or something like like that it might be 20 25 20 like i think yeah i thought it was okay. 20 uh, yeah but i know they tweaked the odds a couple years ago and i didn't remember what they did with it but. yeah because it went down to 20 from 25 oh okay 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 um you used to have a one in four chance that if you were the worst team in the league yeah you'd get that pick right. now it's like look, it's one in five and i get that but like it still doesn't make it any better like like there's still always literally there's still an 80 percent chance that you don't get it well, yeah, but they, they had to do something to combat just the heinous things teams did in the, the, Mc, the McEichel year. Like, the Buffalo Sabres were an embarrassment to the league in that year. Like, they... It was awful. They downgraded everybody, and then they sold off their downgrades. Like, they were playing <laughs> with... They were playing with an ECHL team. Yeah. Um, um, but okay, they, like, so, that's... That's that's the anticipation thing. Like, there's no anticipation otherwise, other than how bad it'll be. And to me, the anticipation is showing up and being able to tell you. Like, and that's why, like I said, it's unfortunate. I, I guess I'll say it on here. I haven't really put it out there yet publicly, but I'm not going to be in attendance for the season opener for the first couple of games. Unfortunately, at the same same weekend as the season gets underway, I'm going to be in California for a wedding. Right. So I'm going to miss home opener, season opener type stuff. But I'll be curious as October rolls on. And to be honest. Maybe the best thing that's going to happen too is those first two games of the first two games, and then they go on a little road trip, and you're five games in, and they play on the road a lot yeah. in the first month. Good test. Which, which is no, which is means that there's time. There's time right. for people to kind of sit back and go, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to that game in November. You know, and then that that so that's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting to see what kind of numbers we're getting from your, you know, I don't know. I'll pull it out because we were actually talking about it off air before we started. Yeah. The, like a Thursday night game against Florida in October. Or it might be – we might need to go a little further than that because it's still early. But like, Yeah, early in the season, the prices will – there'll still be that excitement. It's a new season, you know. Okay, fine. A Monday night in November against Calgary. Okay. We'll talk about Calgary in just a second. Well, we will. But, but okay, yeah. but, picture, but picture if you will – you yep. know, Cal- Calgary without the local tie-in now. Yep. You know yeah. what I mean? Like now, that's a, now, that's a much harder sell. You know, a thousand people from South Jersey aren't coming to watch the Calgary right. Flames was, play I was, anymore. Let's say at very minimum, you're selling 40 tickets to the Johnny Gaudreau section. <laughs> now, don't, now, don't get me wrong. When Columbus comes to town right before Christmas. That'll be a fun be pre- That'll be a pretty packed building, I would imagine, on a Tuesday night in, de- in December. Johnny Gaudreau being in Columbus might put a little bit of fire in that rivalry long term. Um, being in the same division doesn't hurt. Yeah. Right. And that, I think the combination of those things, that's what I'm saying. Um, 
Well, so, uh, you know, you're right about that. And Tony D'Angelo is kind of a part of this, too, because when you take enough guys, because one, well, here's why, because now that Gaudreau's playing in Columbus, Eric Robinson plays for Columbus, Tony D'Angelo plays for the Flyers. You're like, you know what? These are a bunch of guys that grew up together. Right. They all are from the same general area. So games could have a little pop to them. Right. Like you've got you've got some familiarity and some very long term history, like guys think, going way back here. Think about a playoff series between the two. OK, I'll not, think this of, I, I, not this year. Not this year. I guess I'll think about one in 2026 or something. <laughs> um, we'll so what, let's let's go to the most natural uh, around the NHL tie in here, which was World Juniors. We're going on. Now, I will yeah. give full disclosure here. I did not really get to watch much of it live. Oh, and this is OK. This explains why. This is this is where I was going with that Phillies tie-in. That, that's okay. what I was trying to get at because World Juniors, the gold medal game was last Saturday or Sunday. I think it was Saturday night, right? I think so. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Okay, because I ended up. I was my wife and I were at the Phillies game in the afternoon, which was only because we actually didn't buy like we didn't buy tickets for it. It, it was a rain out from May, so we had the tickets for like three and a half months you had, you before had they, them, but, right. well, we, we kept them. It was, it was through the school that she teaches at. And it was like, okay, we'll just hold on to them and we'll see. Like, it, honestly, and it, for the two weeks leading up to the game, we went back and forth on whether we were even going to make it to the game because it was like, oh, is this, you know, we had already, her ticket was like free or something. I think to get me in with a ticket in the same section, it was like 10, 15 bucks. And it was like, if we're out 10, 15 bucks from May, because something changed in August, I'm no not going to freak out. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to freak out about it. We ended up going, though, and then I ended up out with a couple of friends later in the evening. So I wasn't even thinking of World Juniors. It kind of didn't cross my mind. I'm still in the moving process. It's not really a big deal kind of thing. And I came – I don't even remember if I came home to it or if I woke up the next morning and finally saw this. But um, Mason McTavish became a star overnight. Yep. Well, not overnight because he was the MVP of the tournament. All right. He did so lead the tournament. He did lead scoring. the tournament in scoring. So I don't want to just downplay that. Like, oh, yeah, he became a star because of one play. But that might be the greatest goal line save I think I've ever seen in my life. Incredible. It's, we're talking. It's going in. It's halfway into the net practically, and he bats it out of midair. We're talking. Somehow... You're playing You're playing stick hockey with your boys, and it's world junior, gold medal game, makes the big save, comes down the other like. It's full blown driveway hockey stuff, and it's oh, awesome yeah. to say. It is awesome to say. Yeah, it was great. So, yeah, you have that Kent Johnson, who I've brought up before on the show, who's got a very bright future as well. The name of a sixty-year-old man, but that's okay. It is. Yeah, yet, yet it's a hockey name through and through. Oh yeah, but I, I expect him to have a big bushy mustache by the time he's twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, well, you know they do that. Uh. That November, you know, yeah. no shave November. So, um, and, yeah, but he's like nineteen. Can he grow one? I, I mean, in in the future, I'm talking right. about like when he's I'm talking about when he's like okay. twenty four, twenty five, and fair enough. You know, I'm just saying, like you're you're trying to picture, it and it's like you'll get it at some point. That's fair. At some point, this he will. Yeah, that's fair. Um, because he and funny that you bring this. It somehow or other, they all all this connects in some crazy way. He's a Columbus prospect. Okay, so. You know, he'll, he'll, we'll be seeing a lot of them. I, I'm, I can't wait to see what that team looks like, because up the middle, they're going to have such good depth for the next decade, potentially, because between him and Cole Sillinger, yep. man, what a, what a what a pairing those two could be down the line. And, you know, 
like that's why I think I said this when Gaudreau signed there. It was like man, Gaudreau, Voracek, and one of them. Well, Gaudreau, Voracek, Line now, like for four years, it's like they've got wingers who can put the puck in the net. Well, Voracek's a good, obviously a good setup guy. He's we know a that, fantastic but like, setup guy. But, but yeah. Line, Line and Gaudreau can score, and then you sit there and you go. The only question, like I even said, I don't know if they're playing those two up the middle at nineteen and like at nineteen twenty years old, like like both of them right. are. So what? Their top line center at the moment is Jack Roslovic, I guess, because that's the only guy I can think of. But it's like but honestly, with wingers like that, you can you, you'll get a center at some point. Maybe not this year, but you'll those guys will grow. You'll get a center at some point. Like you'll be able to find somebody to play down. The and middle. I mean, look, I think Boone Jenner can play center too to an extent. So maybe you throw him in there, but that's a little bit more of a stretch to me. It's like Roslovic's a natural center, and then you got these two. Who and look, maybe I'm maybe I'm not thinking too crazy here. Maybe they think Sillinger's ready to just jump into the top line role he is he did play in the league looks really good he did play in the league for a year at least so it's not like it's outrageous to say okay you know what you have the experience now you know what it's like we can't do it you know you might not be able to do that with johnson you might not it's just too early but but still and then you know and and obviously we've talked about how their power play would look because warensky is going to be the quarterback right so uh do you know off the top of your head do goudreau and line a shoot from the same side uh, let me think. I think they do. Cause yeah. man, cause all I want is to put them on opposite walls. Um, or wait, 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 they might not hold on. I'm sorry. I might be thinking, I'm thinking of Gaudreau cause Gaudreau's smaller. Hi, Columbus, um, Columbus. You're welcome. Put them on opposite walls. Put Jake Voracek at the point. Make Zach Wierenski oh, for your pa- net front Oh, man. for power play? Oh my oh, God. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Make Zach Wierenski your power, your, uh, your center, your front man, your net front man. And then yeah, have your are, center do whatever. They are different. They are different shooting sides. I for some reason give in my it head, to me. For some reason in in my head, Gaudreau's build. I'm strictly his build here because the five nine one sixty five kind of build. Like I start to think Danny Briere here with that type of stuff because that's that's the natural for, sure. for Philadelphia anyway. That's the natural smaller guy that we tend to think of. Briere was a right handed shot. Okay, and so I naturally kind of. Put, well, you know, lefty, well, right? well, here's and here's the thing. Briere was a right-handed shot. Uh, Claude Giroux, right-handed shot, built like a little bit, built like that, built bigger, but he's definitely mostly, than, yeah, but most mostly built the same, or at least it felt. That, you know what it was? Giroux was playing center all those years, and then Briere was a center, and it was like, okay, you had a bunch of right-handed centermen. They, yep. It was like they were all right-handed centermen, and it was normally a left-handed dominant position. I think that um, I have to check something really quick. No, he's not okay. I was going to say Morgan Frost is a lefty, and that's another guy who's kind of built on the smaller side like right. that. Uh, but either but way, Goudreau, that, that Columbus yes, you got that. You've got that right. Goudreau is a lefty. Yeah. Line a with as a righty. Who do you cover? On on that power play? Yeah. Like, um, Voracek's your top of the – he's up at the top of the zone. You have uh, Goudreau and uh, Line a on their strong side walls. Who who are you covering? Jake Voracek gets the puck. Which winger do you go cover? You only have four people. Um, Hello. You uh, what you do is you play a very aggressive zone style. I almost. Guess, man. You, you, you play a very aggressive well, box and hope for the best. The correct answer is you put 
pressure on Jake Voracek at the blue line and get him to cough the puck up because he loves doing that. Well, to an extent, yes, but like I, well, <laughs> I, I'm saying, it's it's both of them. To be honest, that doesn't mean and doesn't. This is not a knock on anybody on Columbus, by the way. Like like uh, otherwise, you do it to both guys who are going to probably play there, which is Voracek and Wierenski. You right. you try to pressure. You try to pressure from the back there, and look if they can if they ultimately get it into a spot where Line is winding up for a shot from that left circle. Or you got Gaudreau on the opposite side, you know, waiting for a backdoor play or something, you know. How many times are they going to look like they're setting up that big one-timer, but the guy just slap passes it across to the other guy? Yeah, really. Oh, who, come on. Who do you who goes net front on this? I would park Zach Wierenski there, but like. Uh, I think Wierenski's going to need to be. Wierenski's a good skater, so I think yeah. you need then him in the back. Just then it's probably Voracek, and his responsibility is going to be scooping up rebounds and finding the open. No, see, I don't think so. I think I think Voracek, you need to be able to move the puck around from the outside. You, you, but you don't have the center to get in there and do that. Cylind- like Jack Roslovic can't do that. Cylinder's, Cylinder's probably six, too small. Cylinder's 6'2", 203. Is he, six, is he that big? I thought yeah. he was smaller than that. Okay, no, yeah, Cole Cylinder can do that. Never mind. Never mind. Cole Cylinder can do that. Problem solved. Great power play. Congratulations. The funny part, the funny part is it like truthfully, if Line didn't have the shot that he has, which we all know about, right. it's him. Probably. Six five, two sixteen. And he, he probably will be in there when it's on that side. But like they're probably just gonna play I an mean, aggressive oh, pinch. Oh, well when you you know what? You're hold on. He can just pinch down below the circle, no problem. And cylinder scoop up Cylinder those is six two two oh three, and that's not a bad pick, obviously. Right. Boone Jenner is six two two oh five also, and Jenner okay. does do really well with the tip drill. Yeah, but how are his face offs? You need somebody winning face offs on the power play. Yeah, well and yeah, and you're looking at Line Gaudreau and Voracek who can't, so um Unless you're doing like a face-off specialist, but you don't want to be doing that on the power play. And like here's the, and here's the thing, Johnson Johnson could do it from a size perspective. Like he's six one, so it's not he like. And he's also probably still growing, quite frankly. Yeah, but I'm saying six one. Like there's not a huge difference between the six one guys and six two guys, obviously. But he's only one sixty seven. So I don't right. think you're putting him net front to be roughed up. But we we have now broken down Boston and Columbus. Well, hold on, and, and the, 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 I do want to bring up one more thing with the World Junior thoughts, and then we'll yeah. shift to the some of the free agents and wrap up because the obvious headliner, or uh, to me anyway, the guy who got the most press, even in a yes, even in a um, World Junior Championships with you know with McTavish playing the way that he was and. There was there were others because Ken Johnson scoring a, a a a golden goal and all that type of stuff. Even with all of that going on, the guy who seemed to get the most press was Connor Bedard, as expected, and he didn't disappoint. You know, correct. Like this this kid has has the it factor. Is yeah. no stage looks too big to him. Is he's in the OHL? I'm pulling up his his stuff now. Uh, WHL, okay. the WHL, are Regina, they, yeah, Regina. Are they expected to run a full season? Like I, assume I believe, so at yeah. this point, right? Well, yeah, because last last season they did because last season he played 62 games with them. Was it by the way was an alternate for them? Okay. Um, 51 goals, 100 points in the 62 games. So he nearly he was 11 goals short of goal per game. I don't know I, what the WHL records are for the last mo- the modern era post lockout last twenty years whatever you want to call it. 
Uh, yeah. But I think they should be nervous. I think those records should be concerned because I think this man is coming out with something to prove. Well, here's the thing. Okay, so he ends up play, like he's played around a little bit to try to make a, and and obviously he's he's another prospect that like 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 your Shane Wrights, like these guys who've been drafted in the last two and you know two three drafts at this point had their entire worlds turned upside down when everything shut down. Right. Like, and, and for that and, development years and, and for them longer than the professionals, like, yeah. Oh yeah. They, they're missing entire years here. Now, the funny part in Bedard's case is Bedard didn't lose any time from a Canadian juniors perspective, right? Because he wasn't in Canadian juniors yet. He was playing in a Canadian prep school. Leading into that year, of which, by the way, it's an you're an under eighteen. Basically, it's like playing. I guess this would be the equivalent of Canadian high school hockey, yeah, high school if you will. Level, right? Like, because he's playing for a prep school, forty three goals and eighty four points in thirty six games. Is that good? now that? Yeah. Now he's at that given point in time. This is 2019-2020. So he's fifteen, sixty. He's fourteen or fifteen years old doing that. In an under eighteen league, he's that, seventeen. Yeah. He's seventeen now. So okay. So let's go twenty 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 one for a minute. Where even going over to play in, and I guess these are junior teams, if you will, that are in the Swedish leagues. There, so they're under eighteen and then under twenty junior teams. Which even then, like okay, he you know for the first time because in, in these prep schools they don't track his plus minus. So he was a minus three in the under twenty in like the junior twenty league, which all right, it's twenty year olds. He was at this point in time, he's still a 15, 16 year old kid playing with twenty year olds at least, you know, or nineteen, twenty year olds. So he's a minus three, but he still had two goals, two assists for four points in four games at that level. Comes back to start his actual junior playing career, where in fifteen games with Regina in his first year, twelve goals, twenty-eight points in fifteen games. First year against this level competition, goes and plays for the uh, under eighteen World Junior team. Seven games, seven goals, fourteen points. So you can't get much more round number than that—a goal and two points per game. No, it's clean. That's nice and clean. Yeah, and then I just gave you last year's numbers. He he was the captain of the under eighteen World Junior team for Canada, where. They play four games, and he scores six goals, seven points. And then at this particular tournament, this time around, as a 17-year-old. Now, I don't remember. Is this is this just the games this particular year in the summer, or does this include, like, did they keep stats from what they got started before they shut it down? Uh, I believe they threw all that out. The only reason I'm saying is because I don't recall. Oh, okay, maybe not then, because they had a lot of high-scoring games, so this probably is true then, because McTavish had eight goals and 17 points in the seven games. So that yeah, sounds about right now. Never Canada mind. always, I was going to say, Canada always comes in and just dummies a bunch of teams. So. Now, in in fairness, by the way, Bedard is playing on a team with, with, and I'll just throw out some names that I know I recognize as guys who went pretty high, like Tyson Forrester was the Flyers' first-round pick in 2020. Yep. So he was a first-rounder, right? So is Ridley Gregg, if I remember correctly. Yep. Uh, he might have been early second round. Uh, no, Ridley Gregg was definitely a first rounder. Oh, was he? Oh, I remember. Okay, okay. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. That was that, that was the year Ottawa had three first rounders, and he was oh, their last one. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, it was. Um, so there's a lot of guys like that. Um, 
playing right alongside names like Kent Johnson and all that and McTavish and stuff like that. Fifth ranked on the team in points. Seven games, four goals, eight points. Oof. Think he lived up to, uh, you know, think and and these aren't just like nothing goals, by the way. He's scoring like highlight reel level stuff. And he's 17, not drafted. Everybody knows he's the prize. Like crazy. Yep. Uh, So speaking of the prize, uh, let's move to free agency where the big prize of free agency has finally actually signed. Uh, um, not, one of them, yes. I, like, I, I, I still, I would I still say think, he was the big one from a forward perspective. I, I think Gaudreau still was the name, the bigger uh, name. That's fair. Uh, but that's a little different because I think everyone knew that he was going to sign one of two or three places kind of right away, and then Columbus came out of the blue. But, I mean, Kadri uh, was a little... It was a little more wide open, and he made yeah. it... He, I think it was fairly known that he was interested in returning to Colorado. And if they could make it work, yeah. Right. And either Colorado couldn't or wasn't willing to uh, move the necessary pieces to make the room for Kadri. Uh, so instead, he signed with the Calgary Flames. And it's a seven-year deal at $7 million per year. And Nazem's getting paid. Good for him. And now, all of a sudden, uh, a GM who lost Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk with no leverage in either situation, somehow managed to create a better team going into next season. Yeah. Um, hey, Chuck. Hey, Chuck. If Brad Terliving ever calls you and you answer the phone, you're fired. He's a better GM than you. Don't talk to him. This, I can't say enough about the job that he's done this offseason. Because this is this is the classic getting handed lemons and finding a way to make lemonade. Like yep. Brad Tre- Brad Tre- Living gets the. Here's the thing. I, I I think that we were all kind of resigned to the fact that Gaudreau was more likely to leave. Always sure. right, like because we knew he, that we the, knew he wanted to come home. Right, we knew that the East Coast thing was very real. We knew that the Flyers were a team that was on his radar personally. We knew that that probably meant that by proxy you could throw the Devils and maybe like a Washington or one of the New York teams on the radar. Columbus came in there and it, it, it made sense. It, 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 like in the long run, a Metropolitan Division team made sense for what yeah. his intentions were. Sure, as, for what he wants. As, as wanting to go to the East Coast. Which made me think personally, I'm like, okay, if that's the case, then make it, you know, not make it, but it's like, then, okay, the focus has to be on Kachuk. It right. just has to. Like, if you're, if, if you're pretty well resigned to the fact that you're going to lose one of them, then you're going to probably do everything in your power to keep the other one. Right. And the thing, I guess the thing that I, I didn't really anticipate and... Maybe I don't want to say maybe they didn't, but like it was partially like I think I think I always thought they would work it out. I don't I, think I wasn't anticipating and I don't think they were either how strong arm the Kachucks were going to be about the whole situation. Right. Like I, I think that there was going to be like it was going to be a very big negotiation. I think we all knew that he's a like he's obviously a very talented player and for who the, going for to be deserving record, of whatever he got. For the record, not giving Matthew Kachuk a single ounce of grief for using the leverage he had. Right. But it's just, 
I think Calgary was expecting, hey, Matthew Kachuk likes it here. We'll be able to work with him. We'll be able to get a deal done. And I think once Johnny Gaudreau left, Matt went, yeah, let's go to Florida. (laughs) Let's not pay Canadian tax on my next contract. Let's go to a state with no income tax. Like, I think, I honestly think that's what happened. I think he leveraged it. And the fact that you flipped for Huberto and Uyghur, and then you extended them both. Did they both get extensions or just one? I thought Uyghur didn't get extended. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought he did. You have extended at least uh, Huberto, who, quite frankly, was the better piece of the two, the bigger part of the trade. And yeah, we Uyghur's only under contract for next year. But okay, you're right. Your, I'm po- sorry. your point still no. Your point but, still right. Stands. You extended the guy who finished second in league scoring last year, right? And yeah, right. sure. You lost the guy who was sixth in league scoring, and that's a, that that hurts. That hurts. I'm not going to lie to you, Flames fans. Matthew Kachuk saying, hey, bite me, send me to Florida. That hurts, and I'm sorry for you. But you got Jonathan Huberdo, who, again, finished second in league scoring last year. You got Mackenzie Weger, who is a very solid defenseman. Um, who else? Didn't they send somebody else, too? Um, I know they signed, uh, obviously, Nazem Kadri, who's going to be an incredible asset in the in the playoffs yes. and in the Battle of Alberta. And just on a day-to-day basis, they're a problem. The Calgary Flames are going to yeah. be a problem in the West. They're, so, I think they're a better team than they were last year. So here's, here's, here's what it is for me. Because first of all, and again, if you're resigned to the fact that Gaudreau is going to leave all along, potentially... And 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 let's listen. They they gave him every opportunity to to stay if he wanted to, and they tried, and they probably offered him. More, I shouldn't say probably. They definitely offered him more money than right. he got. Yes, like he took less money to get closer to home. That that that's no secret anymore. We know that. Um, right. First of all, you can do a lot worse in your replacement efforts for just that player than ending up with the guy who was tied for him, with him in points for the second highest in the league. Right. You can do a lot worse to start with. Now, of course, you don't anticipate getting the second highest, the other guy tied with him second highest in points in the league last season by having to trade away another player who ranked in the top 10 in points because he's also sitting here saying, uh, yeah, no, thanks. I'm going to go somewhere else too. find a way to trade me. Like, like I, I can remember going back when probably still during the playoffs, it was maybe right around the time that Calgary got eliminated from the playoffs. And we still had what at that point a month left in the season, like a month left in the playoffs because Edmonton like moves that, on yeah. to the conference final, all that stuff. And I remember sitting there talking about how it's going to be a really interesting offseason because they have to consider both of these guys. And yep. yeah, Gaudreau sounds like he may be headed somewhere else. And at the time we were all talking about, could it be Philly? You know, it sure seems like like well, because everybody felt like that was the answer. It's right. Because he literally. Hmm. Don't we, get I know. mad about that. We, no. We're trying but, to get close to wrapping the show here. I'm not I know. going into that again. But but it starts with but it started with that, and it goes to you still had to factor in what about Kachuk? Like he was what really the do? X factor. He yep. was really the X factor. The whole thing. Like you, if you could, you could. Well, he's got of, the last name Kachuk. Of course he is. Well, but but you could resign yourself to the fact that Gaudreau wasn't coming back if you kind of felt like okay, you know what though, they're going to put all At their eggs. We in got Kachuk, and, and you you almost could understand it. Okay, they're going to put all their eggs in the basket of the 24-year-old, not the 29-year-old, they're the bigger put the guy. They're going to on him. Well, but it's the, the bigger player. Yep. So he plays bigger. He's more physical. He, oh, yeah. Matthew Kachuk's a fun player. Right. So, like, at the end of the day, I don't think people would have argued, okay, listen, 
look, whether you like it or not, like the thing that's going to not really endear Gaudreau to Calgary fans anymore is that they had the money on the table for him. And he said, no, ultimately, that's the thing. If they would have, as a team said, listen, we can only focus on one guy and we're focusing on the 24 year old. So Gaudreau is going to walk because we can't pay him what he wants. I don't think people would have looked at it and said, well, Johnny, that's your fault. It's well, they, no, the guy was second in points last year. You knew he was going to get paid, and they're well, saying and we're choosing. Brad Treliving did, they did come out and say that they were trying to sign Gaudreau. They came out and said they offered it to him. They said they were heartbroken when he, you know, he informed them he wasn't staying. Like, they put their best foot forward when it came to keeping Johnny Gaudreau. He just, he simply wanted to come home. Right. So then the Kachuk trade's got to happen. You can do a lot worse than moving, you know, moving a guy for two players who helps. I, I still stand by the fact that I think that the bigger player in all of this is Uyghur in that trade because now defensively you got a piece. You just I think, lock him up defensively. Well, because yeah. I, I don't – like I sit there and I go, okay, Florida's gr- you know, great. Florida's got Matthew Kachuk and Alexander Barkov, and that's wonderful. Who, you know, outside of Aaron Ekblad, who's defending? Radko Gudis, baby. Well, that's I, but that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm sorry, you hurt your defensive value next year. You, you know, I don't, I don't feel like you replaced it. You didn't. It's if if your answer to that is okay, we have to trade Mackenzie Weger to make this deal to get a Matthew Kachuk, but we re-signed Ben Sherratt to do it, like around it. Then okay, I, I I level with you. I sit there and I say okay, I understand some of it. They didn't re-sign anybody. They acquired, right? They 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 all walked, and then you end up with. Kachuk and lose Huberto in the process. And no, by the way, Uyghur's got to go in that deal too. And you have no draft picks in the first round for the next three years. Yeah, like, they're, they're you're starting to look rough. Yeah, you're starting to look rough. All they're starting time. to scramble a little bit. Like there might be a honeymoon phase where Kachuk's there and it's like, okay, yeah, this is fun. Kachuk and Barkov and it's fun and you got guys. But if somebody goes down with an injury and you don't have anything to back it up, you know what I mean? Like, and, and you have no future prospects because all of your picks are, you know, pretty much all your first rounders are essentially gone. Right. You know, that's going to be a rough look. So that's the first part of making lemonade out of lemons is if you got to trade Matthew Kachuk, you can do a lot worse than getting Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger to start with. And then the thing that's funny is, is Huberto comes over and essentially becomes the Gaudreau replacement kind of, cause that's more of his style. Right. So you, so you're still maybe lacking on, you know, lacking some sandpaper there, right? You know, just go get Nazem Kadri. Right. Would you like some sandpaper? <laughs> and Huberto, look, Huberto's bigger obviously than Gaudreau is. So you're not losing size there either. I think there was, it, 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 you know, call me crazy for this. I think that there's an emphasis on, you know what? We need physicality to counter Edmonton. So I think the Battle of Alberta thing is very real with Kadri because it's oh, like, I listen, agree. listen, we need we need to to you know to counter that. There's got to be a better way to do that than having, you know, just leaning on Gaudreau, Lindholm, Kachuk. Oh right. That that team is that team is loaded now. That team right. is still well, just as loaded as they were like like you said, maybe better. Yeah. I think they're better. Uh, bouncing around the rest of the league real quick, uh, Philip Zadina signed a three-year extension to stay in Detroit. Uh, Phil Meyer signed a very weird extension with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I heard something about this. I didn't get the numbers, so but I did. He's got he's got one more year left on his current deal, the third right. year of the Chuck Fletcher deal at two point five five million. He signed a one-year extension, which doesn't okay. kick in until next season, at one point four. 
Huh. Now he's 26. So I have mm-hmm. a feeling it has to do with RFA, UFA. You know, they're kind of bridging that gap and getting him to UFA before they talk to him. I about can, kind of a I can tell extension. you. Okay. So what, 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 are you, what exactly are you questioning with this? That makes it unusual. Is it, the, is it the, why are hit? you signing? Yeah. Why are you signing a deal a year in advance that sees you taking a $1 million pay cut? Because of who it is. That's why. I, right. But, like, you get what I'm saying. It's, it's a very weird extension. It is a bit of a weird extension. I'm not saying it's not. But to me, that, that, that's Tampa talking. That's, that's fair. That's, hey, listen, uh, you, do you want to be th- – th- th- this is Brian Elliott too, right? Like, this is right. – hey, do you want to be part of something where you have a shot to win a Stanley Cup? Do you want to maybe here? get a ring? Right. right. Do you want to maybe win a Stanley Cup? Speaking of guys you who gotta may take get, a little bit of less money, but you know. Speaking of guys who may get a Stanley Cup, Paul Stasny signs a one-year deal in Carolina. That was, I, by the way, brilliant deal, brilliant Fan, deal. Like, for all involved. Okay, if 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 Bradshaw Living had a great offseason, making up for the fact that you lose two All Stars in the process and somehow fill out your roster, and we can sit here and talk about like, um. Because I and I, I would I would say so. Who had the best offseasons to this point? Because Trey Living obviously had a good one. Yarmo Kekalainen had a really good offseason oh, yeah. with, with Gaudreau and finding a way to extend Lion A and do it all in, you know, all that type of stuff. Yep. I'd say Don Waddell had a pretty good offseason too, didn't he? Yep. He, you is, know? he is right up there. Like, that that move is, especially after the Pacioretty news came out, Listen, and, any, and you're not going to have him, you can any do worse. Any offseason where you can cut a cancer out of your locker room is a good offseason. But 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 nonetheless, I'm sitting here like the news on Pacioretty, which seemed to Tough. be exact like, but th- but seemed to be exactly what this is the counter to. Like, uh oh, the guy's gonna be out for how many months? All right, what do we do? Slide Wait, Paul Stasny Paul right Stasny's in there. out there. Let's yep. go get him. You know, yes. What then, what a, what a great deal. Absolutely. And then the other deal I wanted to mention: Phil Kessel signed a one year, one point five million dollar deal with the Vegas Golden Knights. This puppy totally caught me off guard. Yeah, and have you seen the scheduling implications? No, I didn't get all of this. I just so, saw that he signed the deal. I really didn't read much into it. I've been it was a bit of a busy uh, week. He can tie the Iron Man record against Toronto. Oh, 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 okay. I didn't realize this. Okay. And now I know what you mean. I thought you meant there was stuff in the contract. Okay. Oh, you're, no. talking looking, you're talking about looking at Vegas' schedule. He and, can and tie he can tie the Iron Man record against Toronto. He can break it so what, next what, night or two against... nights later. He can okay, play so his what, what game is his... that? Is that is he can How play his thousand game. Uh, he's at. I, I think it's like twenty-ish games to that first. So um, is is it? So it's the game in Toronto in November. We're talking about, I guess, because they start I in. Um, believe so, yeah. Because so I think can, Vegas Vegas starts their regular season on the eleventh, so they start like a couple days earlier than the Flyers do. Because their first game is on the road in LA, I believe. For the right, regular let me, season, let me look this up real quick because I don't want to. So you're talking up. about because I, I already see there's there's that's six right there, nine, ten. They have ten games in October alone, which is a lot. And then I guess so. What is that? Four? That's fourteen games in that he could tie it, I guess, against Toronto. Um, so his one thousandth game was his, his thousandth game come in Pittsburgh. No, he's at nine eighty two right now, so he's seven shy. Oh, does um, that line up with Arizona so, then? Yeah. So he can, um, he can tie the record against Toronto in that home game, that first home game. Oh, really? So that quickly? So he's seven away from tying he's the Ironman record. Away. And so then he'll break he, it in San Jose. Yes, and then he will play. It, assuming all goes well, knock on wood. Good luck, Phil. So one thousand uh, is home is the home game against Arizona. Against Arizona. How no cool kidding. is that? 
I wonder if he looked at the schedule and went, huh, who can I sign with? Because, <laughs> listen, Phil, Ke- Phil Kessel is aware of <laughs> how the internet perceives him. Let's sure. put it that way. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he signed somewhere for the memes. So, it's, okay, so here, and, and this is the funny part. I saw it come through, and I I sit there and I go, okay. First of all, I sit there and go, I don't know how much better he makes Vegas. Grand scheme of things, like I think he helps significantly. I I think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna be as good this year as. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, like like I'm not talking about like. He, I, think I think he might actually be significantly helpful. He might be helpful to whatever they achieve. I just yeah. don't know how much they're going to achieve. I mean, the, look, the big news already happened. And I think we were able to talk about it on last week or last two weeks ago, last show, when you know you don't have a goalie right now. I mean, you do, but right. like, how long is that going to hold up before we start to see, you know, the cracks in the foundation? You know, yeah, I wonder if they make a move. Just trade, just trade back for Mark Andre Fleury. Which, by the way, uh, and by the way, like it's funny you you mentioned that in that to tie it all back that fan poll that survey. Yeah. Vegas was one of the teams that was getting very low rankings in certain yeah. areas there. This is why, because after oh, a certain point, like, well, no, it's just, it, I think it has to do with the fact that like, listen, you, you, you almost hit the peak in the first season you existed. And then after that, it was okay. You know, you're still in it. Like year year three, they we're, were chasing in a conference. the dragon, but no, year three, they were in the conference final year two. They probably had another run like that in them. If not for the major penalty that like, Oh, look, you know. We all know the major penalty. Right, if not for the major penalty. But or then after that, you can play then, a proper penalty kill for five minutes. Whatever, anyway. But then <laughs> the year, but the years since that conference final where they got knocked out, that was the year, what, by Dallas, I guess. Yeah. So they barely missed making a, another Stanley Cup final. They were there again the following year, playing in the weird bubble year. Not bubble year, but you know what I mean, the weird divisional hey, line yeah. year. Yeah. Where they're they're there, they're in the playoffs making a late run. And since then it's kind of really gone downhill. Now, granted, I don't want to take away from the fact that they're gonna get a full year of Eichel out of this. We'll see what that does. Well, and they're they, gonna get a full year of Eichel and Stone. Hopefully. Yeah, and, and I hope that that does something for them. Like right. I don't And you do still have Petrangelo and Shea Theodore. Like you do still have talent on the back end. Let's, well, yeah, let's be real. Like if we're tapering expectations for them or wondering how good they'll be. It, we're not sitting here saying they're entering the Bedard sweepstakes either. No, we're sitting here saying they're. I think I think we're sitting here saying the Pacific is wide open. They might make the playoffs, so. and I don't think anyone would be surprised. But I don't think they're going to be the dominant President's Trophy contending team that they well, were a couple of years ago. Because one of the keys to this also is that if you're looking at the Pacific, you know. Edmonton's going to be good. We know yep. this because Edmonton Cal- should Calgary's be. Calgary's going to be good. Uh, here's the thing. I think that we had questions about Calgary, knowing what that they were going to go yep. through, and now we think they're better. Like Bradshaw Living has answered those questions spectacularly. Like, I, I don't know if this is necessarily a hot take, but this is a fair prediction that I'll stand by on August 28th for you. I think Calgary wins the division again. I think that is a completely fair prediction. I think they win the division again. I think Edmonton is still your two. They're good. They're not going to win the division, though. Um, and then you're right, because then from there, so is Vegas better than L.A. or Anaheim or Vancouver? That's the question. <sighs> and, better? and better than how many of them is more than Right. Here. That's what I'm saying. Like, 
I don't know what to expect from half of those teams. Anaheim could be way better this year. Anaheim is, you know, who knows, you know. Anaheim is continuing to be that younger team that they're going to continue to bring guys in. Is that, you know. Right. Does that do something here, you know. And we'll see. And it's, you know, it's not lost on me, the guys that are on that roster. Right. And Vegas's strategy has been win now. It doesn't matter what we trade away. And it's starting to catch up to you. Like, at a certain point, you just have no prospect pool and your guys get old. Like, it's just how the league works. Right. And, like, and by the way, like I said, it's not lost to me. The Anaheim discussion is not lost to me who they have, like, younger guy-wise. Trevor Zegers is the cover athlete of the NHL game this year. One of yep. one of them with Sarah yep. nurse, which is really yep. cool by the way. Absolutely. Um, and Oh, by the way, we were already talking about the leading scorer who had the, one of the greatest defensive plays I've seen in a hockey game in world juniors, who is a ducks prospect yep. who I think is going to make the team this year. Yeah. Yep. So he's gonna, so let's see Zegris, Terry McTavish. They're very high Dries- on Mason McTavish, but you know, and then back end Drysdale. Um, who, who else was the, who's the other prospect that they have back there that I'm thinking of? Or in there another one beyond I Drysdale? Remember. I mean, they signed Klingberg, which is pretty significant. They've yeah. got Shattenkirk. I mean, like they've got players. And then, oh, by the way, at the forward position, beyond the younger guys I talked about, Strom, Silverberg, Vitrano, Adam Enrique. Adam Enrique is still a decent player. Like, it's a solid player. Like, yeah, you got a team there. You've got a team, you know? And All right. A- that's, a pa- that's a great place to get out. Apparently today was Boston, Columbus, and Cal- or, uh, Boston, Calgary, Columbus, Anaheim. and Anaheim. But I guess we'll, I mean, we'll break down more teams in a couple of weeks. It will be another it, summer it, show. I love how, I love how it didn't have a rhyme or reason to it. No. We just ended up, well, we ended up on certain players and yep. then talked about them. Absolutely. And you know, that's how these summer shows go. We kind of get uh, some flow of consciousness stuff going on. I think you can thank the, um, the reason we ended up on half of those teams is you can thank the fan survey thing. True. Because, that is fair. Because we started looking at other teams, and next thing you know, you throw out a GM's name, and you go, "Yeah, that guy did really well." And it was, you know, what it was too. It was World Juniors with certain prospects because that's how we got on Columbus with, "Hey, yeah, look, one of their kid scored the golden goal in the World Juniors." We got on the Ducks because one of theirs made the, you know, was the best player in the tournament. And I'm sure in the next show we'll find something else and we'll start talking about other teams. Uh, but that's going to do it for this week's edition. We only have one. Think. We only have one more of these, by the way. Like by the time we do, yeah. we're going to do one more show, and then after that, you're going to be in preseason mode. Yeah. Now, a little scheduling note that we did talk about a little bit pre-production here is that we will be sticking with the every other week thing probably up until Thanksgiving, uh, just because of some some scheduling stuff we both have going on in September. Uh, I already and I already hinted at one yeah. of them. So. Uh, so we do appreciate you sticking with us and coming back every other week. Uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're over there. You would think uh, we'll pop right up. Uh, follow us on Twitter at YWT Podcast. Follow Kevin at Kevin underscore Darso. You can find the show everywhere you find your podcast. Facebook, Instagram, Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, SportsTalkPhilly.com. We're, we're all over the place. So uh, that's about going to do it for us today. We'll be back in a couple of weeks, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about. So <laughs> until then, we'll say it.